And we start a new subject this morning with the idea of staying on track. The subject of staying on track is a really good theme for a new year, even if the character that I've picked for us to look at, first of all, as we kick off this series, isn't necessarily the most kind of new year encouraging character to look at. I've picked the character of Demas. Now, some years ago, I spoke about Demas. Some of you may have been here. You may know where this is going, or you just may know the Bible well enough to know the three Bible references to the character of Demas. But I will try to say some new things as we go along the way. And if you don't know the character of Demas, then this will be new to you, but you will soon find out why Demas has never really made it into the trending top 10 names for baby names (laughs) that people choose. The name itself means... Uh, country, uh, as in countryside or district, but it was never people who were people with status in the country, often commoners. Sometimes those commoners made progress. Um, The name Nicodemus, uh, that Demas bit comes from the same uh, Greek root, but that's not particularly what I want to picture or what what I want us to look at when we consider this subject, a really important subject for the new year, the subject of staying on track. So there are three references to Demas in the Bible, all in the New Testament. And it's pretty clear that it's the same person. That's the way I'm going to take it, at least. And the first of those that I'm going to pick out is Colossians 4 and verse 14. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Now, none of these readings say a great deal about Demas, so I don't want you to raise your hopes here. But we can say a number of things about that. We can say he gets a name check... But we can say that to do that is significant. Not everybody does from a letter from Paul. Even to get a mention is something significant. We can say that he's up there with Luke, pretty much. That gives him some status. That he is known in more than one Christian community because he's in one Christian community and he's, he's writing, uh, Paul is writing to another. And wherever Paul is writing, uh, he is imprisoned while he's writing to the, let- the letter to Colossae. And so we can say that Demas either knows personally or knows about suffering for one's faith. We can say all of those things. The second reading comes from Philemon. And in Philemon it says this, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Jesus Christ, sends you greetings. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, there he is again, and Luke, my fellow workers. Again, not loads to go on. I'm not going to over-egg this. But, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and my fellow workers. So here again, Demas is up there. This time he's a fellow worker. That's a lovely phrase that Paul uses as one who labours with him in furthering the cause of Christianity, in furthering the cause of Christ. Now those two readings, (coughs) Colossians and Philemon, they might be pretty similar timing in terms of when those letters were written. So it's hard to say which of those was written first, and it doesn't particularly matter. The third time that Demas is mentioned, it's maybe three years later to either of those. And it says this. Paul saying to to Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. So Demas has left the church. He's gone to the big city because, as it says here, he loved the world too much, probably as in the sense of as in worldly things. 
So like I say, Happy New Year, everybody. Really interesting character for us to look at, but an important one. If this year is like every other, in terms of the life of our church, then some people will find their way here. And by finding their way here, I mean finding their way to help and hope, and hope for all eternity in Christ. We shouldn't take that for granted. We should pray for it and seek it, and we should join in in heaven with celebrating it when it happens. If this year is like every other, then we will continue to try some things for the sake of those who wouldn't foreseeably come to church unless we tried other bold experiments. That's part of our DNA. That's who we are. It's really important to us. If this year is like every other, there will be some baptisms. We shouldn't take that for granted, but it's needed. It's a great way to obey and to confirm your faith. If you're interested in getting baptised this year, then we've got some planned. Please come and talk to Alan, myself, Roger, one of the staff. We'd love to talk to you about that. If this year is like every other, then there will be key moments for some of us in this room. Some full of joy, some full of tragedy. And as a church family, it's our privilege to share in those together, to journey together to pray together, to support one another in all of those things, in the midst of all of that. If this year is like every other, then here will be about supporting us all out there, wherever we find ourselves throughout our week. That's what we try to do here. Victoria used the phrase half-time team talk. That's vital to us. And so we can expect that that's the deal if you're coming here regularly. In addition to those good news things, and some difficult things for some, if this year is like every other, then we should just admit that some won't be here at the end of the year. And I don't mean because they've passed away. If we have a connection with a thousand people, then the natural order of things means that that will happen. Um, And our belief in eternity is the most key thing there that there is eternal life available with God through hope in Jesus Christ. I don't mean that that some will have moved away, and I'm in that category this year for the first time. I don't even mean some who've switched churches or will switch churches in this year. We don't seek that at all in either direction, and that's basically a neutral thing kingdom-wise until you look at the detail of what's happening. I don't mean any of those things. I simply mean... That if this year is like every other year, some won't be here in the sense that they won't be anywhere. They won't be continuing on in connecting with a church. And we can't be okay with that. I was at one of the carol services, I was at both of them, but I was speaking to somebody at one of our carol services a couple of weeks ago. And they come because they come once a year. But they asked me about somebody who they saw here during the year. And my mind just went, oh, yeah, no, I don't think they're going anywhere. We should just admit that that happens. And that if this year is like every other's, some will have walked away and some will have drifted away. But some will have not stayed on track. And so it's worth considering why. So we can understand the causes and then we can work against that individually and together, and we can minimise it. And so these three little verses about Demas, they help us in that phenomenon. 
And so a, st- a series about staying on track is really important. What can we do to mitigate against those factors that might stop us doing that? And underpinning the whole series is the idea that it's not about what we do on our own efforts on our own. It's about God's grace and power keeping us on track. Now, let me illustrate that with some batons. Throughout this last year and a half, I've been playing a role for our denomination. And whenever I'm talking to particularly new ministers, ministers in training or um, student ministers, um, but also any groups of church leaders, but particularly, uh, as I say, those training for ministry, I've taken these batons with me. And sometimes we've done, like, in rows, races with these batons. I'm not going to do that uh, today because it's just patently unfair. You would lose trying to pass these batons down in this middle block, and that would be unfair. But I want to start one off in each row. Hold on to it for a second um, for me until I've explained what to do. Now, these are regulation, you know, athletics batons. I'd never held one before. And when I held one for the first time, having bought these just as as an illustration, I was surprised by a couple of things. I was surprised by how light they are. If you run relay, you would know that. Um, it's obvious, really, when you think about it. You don't want a heavy thing when you're running around for 4 by 100 or 4 by 400 metres. I was surprised by how grippy they are, which surprises me given how often the British team seems to manage <laughs> to drop the relay baton. Um, and so when we've done it with uh, church leaders, we've talked to them about just exactly this phrase, though I didn't know we were going to do this series, about staying on track. And just admit that even among some church leaders, some haven't managed to stay on track. So I don't want us to, 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 to do a race uh, this morning, but while I'm speaking, it would be good if everybody got to hold one of these batons and then pass it on to somebody else. And, and, and could you make it like a prayerful thing? Like if you're already on this journey of faith, then could you pray, Lord, would you help me to stay on track? And would you help me to help others to stay on track this year? Because we have both roles for each other. And if you're not on this race yet, then maybe you'd want to prayerfully consider, Lord, if you're there, are you calling me to be in this race, to stay on track? So if that takes you, you know, a few seconds, that's fine. If it's not your thing, then that's fine. But please pass it on anyway, otherwise the whole thing falls down, you understand? So pass them all the way down in your little block, this block, this block, this block, and then pass them all the way back again while I'm speaking. I won't mind the multitasking. Go for it. So while they're doing that, just just think about some of the ways in which, in this illustration of a baton being passed on, we can sometimes fail to stay on track. There There is a unity aspect to it, that we do actually have to pass the baton on in the right way. Um, We do have to manage to do that. There is a literal staying on track aspect to completing the race well, in the sense of staying in your lane. If you run out of lane, as you know, and run into either side lane, then you are disqualified. And that could be to do, in our illustration, with people walking away from faith, perhaps. You can fail by dropping the baton. Somebody may drop the baton and we will hear it and all laugh when that happens as we pass it around, but perhaps not as we're not racing. But, in, but when that happens, you have failed in, in the race. You can, um, and that might be to do with giving up. You can overrun, can't you? So you're supposed to hand over to somebody, but you don't hand over within the accepted lines and you're disqualified there. And that could be to do with breaking 
the rules or to, not, or to be to do with not giving somebody else their role and their place. We've talked to other church leaders about that too. You can also say, well, I'm going to stay on track, but I'm not going to go anywhere. So you can be stationary and manage to stay in lane. But that's not the purpose of the baton, and it's not the purpose of our race either. One of the things I didn't know about batons until I started talking to people who do know about running, as we've talked about this all year with different church leaders, is if you hand on a baton well to somebody who's running, as well as them having it marked out, so they're running, as well as cheering them on after you've done your bit, if you hand on well, there is a natural grip reflex. It's like we can't help but grip and go on. So, so what does that look like for us this year to help others to stay on track and to run well? I don't know if any of you saw the World Athletics Championships last summer and the women's 4x4, but what happened to China I thought was fascinating. I'm going to show you a clip of that now. So this is the 4x4. We're coming towards the last leg. This is the final, so these teams have qualified for the final. China are in red, and the race happens like this. So they're handing over, and they realise that they might have fallen out of their lane, but they decide to go back again. And have they gone back far enough? They're not very sure. So they go back a little bit further, um, and you're thinking, why are, why are they doing this? And then, and then they run, have we got that right? No, I'm not sure. Shall we? And then, have I still got that right? No, not sure, not sure. And then, and then they begin to complete... The race, by which time the others look at this person on the right hand side and go, what happened there? Where where have they gone? So there's a quick repeat of what happened there. And I was looking at that thinking, what on earth was the purpose of that? But actually there was a sort of technicality that if you completed the race in the final, you didn't have to then qualify for the Olympics. So they were thinking, okay, well, whatever happens, we have to just complete. We have to complete the race which would be a wonderful illustration if they didn't also get disqualified for some other reason, (laughs) which I understand that they did. But stay with that thought for a moment. How do we stay on track, whatever has happened? And in our series, we'll talk about people having distractions in a hyper-busy world that might not make us stay on track. You may have come today as the first Sunday in the new year with a kind of message to yourself or to whoever you share a house with, with, you know, I think we should just try a bit harder to get to church on Sunday. If so, this message is for you, against all the other distractions. Some drift out of lane, and that could be us for a whole number of reasons. Some go out of lane or don't stay on track because of disagreements with the Bible and what it's saying. And we'll look at that. Some have disappointment with God when God seems to be silent. We'll look at that as a way that we can sometimes not stay on track. Some have difficulties when life is hard, all of us maybe. Some have doubt, uh, and that affects our ability to stay on track if we're not careful. Sometimes it's deceit in the sense of messages from the evil one who wouldn't want us to stay on track. Sometimes it's disillusionment disillusionment, um, with the church or personal hurt or desires Um, staying on track when I want to live my way, which might be what's going on for Demas if he loves the world too much. Now, along the way, we won't just talk about the negatives. We'll talk about the positive side of the coin as well in this series. Otherwise, it will just be exhausting, this whole term, you understand. 
But thinking of Demas for a moment and these readings, we don't know much, but what we do know, as I say, is that he's seen Christian suffering and he loves the world or some things in it enough to walk away. And by the way, when Demas loves the world too much, the word for love there is the word that we sometimes in sermons say is a special Christian love. The word for love there is agape love. So agape doesn't mean special Christian love. It's just the strongest Greek word we have for love. And you can have that in the wrong direction as well as the right direction. So Demas has agape love for the wrong things. And that's one of the things that helps him to walk away, it seems. One of the dangers, I think, for us in not staying on track is when we compartmentalise aspects of our life. We know that there's this area that's not quite right, but here we are at church and, and, and we're doing most things okay and, and we can just segment that off. Now, we try to make that hard here deliberately by saying it's about whole life discipleship. It's about all of our lives and following God in the whole of our lives. In the sense of staying in lane, it's the sense of all of our lives and our moral lives and getting that right. Another factor in this passage is the effect that we have on one another. The only reason we know about Demas is because Paul says, do your best to come to me quickly because Demas has left because he loved the world too much. So one person leaving has had a great effect on another. Only Luke is with me. You can feel the pain in his heart and in his mind with that. And I want to illustrate that with some spaghetti. Now, um, I'm not going to pass spaghetti around. That would be disastrous. And I'm aware that if I show a piece of spaghetti here, like this, that beyond about row 10, you're not going to... Yeah, it's going to be a faith thing, whether or not I'm holding spaghetti, for those of you at the back here. <clears throat> but one thing I, w I just wanted to illustrate, you may know this, is that... <clears throat> If you hold a piece of spaghetti at the end and, and you break it <clears throat> like that, it pretty much never <clears throat> breaks in two. I don't know if you could see that. You probably couldn't. So let me show you with a video that I made earlier. <clears throat> so when you break a piece of spaghetti, this is in, in slow-mo, so you can see. When you break a piece of spaghetti and you hold it at the end, don't try this in the middle, obviously you can break it in the middle, but you hold it at the end, it normally breaks in three, sometimes four, sometimes five, never in two. So let's have a look at that. There it is broken. Don't if you saw the bits come down, and there they are again, two other bits come down. Just that will repeat, I think. Now, it seems to me that when there is disunity, and we are blessed with unity here, but we should work at it and not take it for granted because it's one of the things that helps each other stay on track. It seems to me that when there is disunity, the people either end of the disunity, they end up somewhere. They may be in the church where it's happened or in another church, but they're less affected, it seems to me. But the people in the middle, they're the ones I'm worried about. This is anecdotal. I'm not taking this from this passage. You can challenge me on it if you want. But my experience is that there's always some people in the middle who end up nowhere. So in prizing our unity 
a big part of it is helping other people, not you, to stay on track. As I've been thinking and praying about this series, <clears throat> this thought came to me before Christmas. One of the things that helps us to stay on track is that we will stay for a bigger story. We will stay for a bigger story. For the truth and purpose bigger than is available anywhere else. Why else would we come here? If, if you come to church and, and it's the same as everywhere else in the world, I don't mean our church more than any other church that follows Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. But if, if it's the same as everywhere else, then why? It's just a pattern. But if there is a story here that you can be part of that is bigger than you would plan for yourself, that is bigger than is available anywhere else, well then that's worth staying for. And that's worth keeping on track. When we were looking at 1 Peter last term, part of the message is that God is with you every day and he deeply cares for you, but Paul is reminding the churches there that we're part of God's bigger story. We're recipients of mercy and joy and hope and we're called to become like God in character and represent him to the people we live amongst, even when being persecuted. He's inviting them to a bigger story. J.B. Phillips said, the trouble with many of us today is that your God is too small and we've not found a God big enough for our modern needs. He wrote that, I don't know when he wrote it, but he died in 1982 when he said modern needs. But the danger is still there that our God is too small. As pressures come to us, there's a danger that we view our God too small. It can feel hard to believe that the Jesus that we celebrated a couple of weeks ago being born is in 2,000 miles away, 2,000 years ago, is equally at home in this modern high-tech world that we'll find ourselves in an hour from now or a day from now. Yet he's not just at home here, he is Lord of that place. And so we're invited to this bigger story. Having a larger view of God, a greater view of God, will help us to stay on track and stay on track in a non-compartmentalised way with our work, with our families, with our health, <clears throat> with our finances, with our future. So I don't know what others will pick in this series to look at by way of trying to stay on track, but it seems to me that what we learn from Demas is that this isn't a new thing that's just suddenly happened to the church. It's, it's always been there, and some people have always been in danger of not staying on track and it might not be the people we expect it to be so when Jesus talks about sin and talks about the pluck it out language if it's causing offence in us that's about staying on track when he talks about the vine and the branches and keeps repeating that word remain, remain in me remain in me, remain in me that's about staying on track when Ian will speak tonight about pressing on, I think. And when we talk about pressing on, that's remain language, that's staying on track language. You don't need to say press on if everyone is already doing it. When it says in Hebrews about running the race to completion, <clears throat> that's staying on track language. When it says in, also in Hebrews about don't lose the habit of meeting together, as some are in the practice of doing or habit of doing, you don't need that unless we need a message about staying on track. So let's review, and then let's resolve. If you resolved as a baton was going round, or you're resolving now, let's resolve, and then let's pray.
So to review, we're trying to encourage one another to be there for one another and ourselves on staying on track, knowing that God does it by grace and mercy, but he calls us to do our best for each other and for ourselves in it. If you've come this day as part of a resolve, then brilliant. If you've come this day as part of a pattern, because you always do, that's brilliant too. But the danger is we think of this as the message for the person next to us or a couple of rows in front of us or behind us because they hardly ever come. Whereas the message of Demas is he was right in the centre of things and still managed to not stay on track. So this could be a message for me or you or any one of us. It's by grace that we stay on track. If this year isn't like every other year, then we will keep as many of us as possible on track. And on track isn't a static thing. It will mean growth, because by staying on track, others will see that they're invited to a bigger story and join in that story too. One final message, just for those of you with kids out in the different groups. Um, it was great that we started with a staying on track message about Bible readings for the, for the different kids and ways of us in, as family engaging uh, with kids. Again, this is anecdotal, but our children will learn a staying on track message from us and they may even water it down a bit. So the extent to which you do that not lose a habit of meeting together thing, they will see that in us but they may water it down just a little bit. The extent to which you read God's word regularly, they'll see that in us, but they may water it down just a little bit. The extent to which they see you pray or take confidence in God as the Lord of the whole earth, they will see that in you, but allow for them to just see that and, and, and lower it a bit, because that may happen. So you're modelling something in terms of helping those out there to stay on track as well as yourselves. It's like a generation ago, two generations ago, loads of people in this room would have come to two services on a Sunday. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. That's just the way it was. Fewer people do that now. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that a generation on, the next generation water that down. You can be very committed to church and consider it a two times a month thing these days. I see that all over the country. It's not a phenomenon here. What happens if the generation below us, your children, water that down to once a month, once every other month? That's not keeping the habit of meeting together regularly. So we have a role to set the bar here, such that our children have a chance of continuing, even if they lower it down just a little bit. Let's pray. And as we pray, we prayerfully resolve to stay on track. We prayerfully resolve to do our best to avoid the pitfalls of dropping the baton, of causing disunity, and those who weren't either end of it missing out and not staying on track. We prayerfully resolve to run the race rather than stay on track by staying static and doing nothing. And thank you that you meet us more than halfway. That it's about you helping us to stay on track, not us. 
And if this requires a continuation of our pattern, Lord, help us to do that. If this requires a new pattern for a new year, then help us to do that too. Help us to be part of the staying on track story for those sitting to our left and to our right. Amen.